All righty. Today's scripture read is coming from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. There is a time for everything. There's a time for everything that is done on earth. There's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant, and there's a time to pull up what is planted. There is a time to kill, and there's a time to heal. There's a time to tear down, and there's a time to build up. There's a time to cry, and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to be sad, and there's a time to dance. There's a time to scatter stones, and there's a time to gather them. There's a time to hug, and there's a time not to hug. There's a time to search, and there's a time to stop searching. There's a time to keep, and there's a time to throw away. There's a time to tear, and there's a time to mend. There's a time to be silent, and there's a time to speak. There's a time to love, and there's a time to hate. There's a time for war, and there's a time for peace. All right, good morning. This is obviously not Matthew. Number one, there we go. Hi, good not to see you. How about the lights are Um So, like, I'm doing something different this morning because uh, July 2017 is actually my 10th year preaching to this congregation. So, thanks. And I was, in my mind, I was thinking, like, should I just keep rolling through Matthew, act like nothing's happened? I'm like, no, I should stop and do something. I should stop and talk about something. Um, and I was like, well, what do I talk about? So there's, there's stuff that I've been gathering over the years and pulling aside in case I ever found myself uh, in a room full of pastors and, and like new pastors and, and having to like explain to them um, all the things that they should know that they don't know. Um, but I only ever preach here. <laughs> Never found myself in that position. But then as I think about it, um, the stuff that I've learned over the 10 years is, is not just, is not just for pastors. It's for all of us because we are all the priesthood of the saints. We all in, on some level are, are here to connect people in the world, uh, with God. We all have work to do. We all have relationships that we are, we are trying to make healthy. We are trying to make godly and holy. We all have, um, things that we're doing, jobs we're working on, uh, positions and, and all kinds of things that, that we would... Oh, eh? Oh, we're good. Oh, no, no problem. Carry on. Um, we all have things that, that, we, uh, that we're trying to guide towards, towards godliness, towards the divine, um, which is sort of like all that I do here. Um, and so I'm pulling a lot of those things out, and, and I'm going to talk about them a, a lot today. Normally what I would do, if, you're, if it's your like, first time here, you've never been here, normally I would pick a passage of scripture, and I would open up the historical context, and it would be a lot of fun. I love that stuff. Today's just going to be different. Um, it's a little, a little more relaxed. I was going to wear flip-flops, um, but I didn't. Um, but really, I want to start, uh, first I'm going to pray, and, and then I'm going I'm to sort of do, I'm, I'm going to talk about something that I talked about quickly uh, back in... Uh, uh, a year and a half ago at Christmas time, something that stuck with me that has really impacted. Because when I'm when I'm teaching you guys, I'm, I'm talking to myself as well. I'm teaching myself, and we're all sort of learning um, together. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and uh, let's sort of center ourselves on the things of God for a few minutes, and then um, and I'll talk my way through this. Let's go, Father. Thank you for this place, for these people, for this room. Thank you for the honor and privilege that it is to to get up here. Um, rhythmically and weekly and, and for us all be able to center ourselves on you um, because we get decentered by the things that go on throughout our week. We get, we get worried about finances and we get 
um, set off by, by relationships and we get hurt by people and by things and uh, we have idols and we have um, misunderstandings. We have theologies that are sometimes wrong about you and, and ourselves and, and, and what you want for us and the way you see us. And so we gather here every week to sort of set the dials again, um, hoping that every single time we will become a little more like you, hoping that these things will bleed over into the rest of our week, that we would learn more about you and more about ourselves every single time we come together. And, uh, and it's not too much to ask, and, and you pour into us, and we thank you. As I speak this morning, um, allow me to speak from the heart and communicate freely and allow my words to encourage the people in this room for whatever situation they find themselves in. Thank you, Father. In your name, amen. So there are, uh, so this is going to be a review. If you were here a year and a half ago for Christmas, our Christmas service, um, I'm going to touch on, on the same thing I touched on a little bit ago. Um, there is the word for time uh, in scriptures. Um, a lot of times the word that is used to translate is the word chronos. Um, and... The word chronos uh, is basically, it's quantitative. It's the measurement of time. Um, it is measured by days, weeks, minutes, hours, months, years, decades. Um, it's just simply, it's measurable. It's the time that is passing by. Um, and so it's just simply quantitative. It doesn't have any meaning. It's just time going by. But there's another word in scriptures that is, that is bigger than chronos, that is bigger than just time. It's the word, um, it's the word kairos. It's, it, it's a word that means moment, and it's qualitative. A moment, we know the difference between a moment and a minute. Um, a moment can feel like a, a really long time. It can, be, it, it, can be, it can be shorter than a minute. It can be way longer than a minute. But it's like we can have a moment in our lives where we awaken to something. We can have a moment where we are changed, or something can happen. It was, it was just in a moment. In other words, like it was so fast I couldn't take it in. But it's different. It's not quantitative. It's qualitative. It's, um, it's the idea that, that there are sort of, there, there's seconds that just seem to have more meaning than other seconds in our life. Um, and so as, as the Romans always did, they personified these things. Um, what we call chronos, we, you know, today we call... Uh, it's, the word, it's where we get a word for like chronograph, chronology. It's time moving forward. It's, it's measurable. Um, and the word that, that, uh, that we sort of have a personification too, we call it father time. Father time is moving along. Well, father time now, what we call father time now, they used to personify in this Greek mythological god um, that they called Saturn. And Saturn is carrying a, a, an hourglass. And Saturn is, um, sometimes, is always depicted as, as having children around, um, around him, but sometimes he's depicted as eating those children, which is gross. Yes, super sad. Uh, it's not real, though. It's just figurative. It's meant to give you meaning. And, and the, idea, the idea of Saturn, of the god Saturn, was, was that it, is that it takes everything you have away from you as the mo- sand moves through the hourglass. It takes your youth. It, it, it destroys your youth. It destroys um, everything that is around us. Um, these buildings will crumble. Um, everything will fall and be destroyed and be returned to the earth as, as it was... Um, as it once was, if, if it's just left to its own devices. Um, and then eventually it even takes your life. So that's the idea of Kronos, of, of Saturn, of uh, 
Father Time, as we call it. Um, and the other personification, the personification for kairos, not for minutes, but for moments, um, is different. It's this, it's this Greek, Greek god named uh, Lysippos. And Lysippos is always described as, as, as in motion. He's never, he's never drawn or, or sculpted or anything like lounging. Always moving, although that's an awkward way to run. Um, but running um, with wings on his feet, always. Um, a razor, that's an ancient, uh, up top there, that left hand, that's an ancient razor in their hand, um, in his hand, um, and wings on his back. And then, if you'll notice the strange haircut, um, a lot of skateboarders in the early 90s actually did this to their hair. <laughs> I have pictures of my older brother with hair, with just bald, with just hair in the front. Um, bleached, of course. Um, and uh, so the idea of the hair, like there's hair on the front, like long locks, and then bald in the back. Now, all of this is symbolic because they're trying to describe to you um, these philosophical ideas. Now, um, so let's work through some of these. Um, so first off, Kairos never, never stops moving. The moment never stops moving. It will be gone sooner than you realize it. And we tell this constantly to young mothers and fathers, right? Um, it's going to be gone sooner than you realize it. Um, and he's carrying a blade, a razor, because it cuts deeply into your life. It always leaves a mark of some kind. It cuts deep, especially like depending on how you receive it, um, a moment. And then um, there's um, wings on his feet because he's, it, 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 it can come and go by incredibly quickly. And then uh, when you look at, at the the weirdo haircut, uh, there's four locks in the front because if you see him coming, uh, you can grab him and, and keep him there. Like if you're pre- the idea is like if you're present, if you're aware and, and like you see him coming, you can grab him by the four locks. But if you didn't see him coming and he gets by and you weren't present, you can't grab it from the back because there's no hair. See? Right? So if it goes by, you've missed it. Now, those Romans were clever. All right? This is great. The, the, the Greeks, the way that they would describe these things were brilliant. Um... So there's this idea here. Moments are coming. Are you awake? Are you aware of them? Are you ready to receive them? Um, some of them, they're always sharp. They will always leave a mark on you. It will always cut you in some way. Some for the good, some for the bad. Um, and, and the trick is sort of to be awake and aware to receive what is coming. Because if you just let it go by, if you're not paying attention, if you're just coasting, and these things go by, you're not going to be able to grab them again. It's the 54-year-old dad that calls his son and was like, hey, I wasn't there and I'm really sorry. Can we, can we try again? And no, it's too late. You can't. You can't patch it up. It's gone. The moment's gone. Now, which brings us back. So, so we have two things. We have, we, have, we have Kronos and we have Kairos. Now, when the book of Ecclesiastes was translated into, from, from the original language into the Greek um, before the first century um, in a book called the Septuagint, it was the original Bible that even Jesus would have read. Um, the Septuagint uh, in the Greek, they had to sort of translate these words. And when they're doing this, they're doing the same thing that translators are doing today. They're trying to get the intention and the motive of the original writer. So when they translate the book of Ecclesiastes, instead of using chronos, there's a time. Of course, there's a time to plant. It's, I'm not, a, I'm not a botanist. It's a particular time in the year. We could stick the corn in the ground or the wheat or whatever. Um, and there's a time to, time to reap. Of course there is. You, it's ripe and you pull it up. It's not talking about that. When they translate this into the Greek and the Septuagint, they didn't use minutes. They used moments. They used kairos. And this changes the whole meaning of it. And if you compare kairos with what we just talked about in the first century, this was, this was the mindset that they had. So when you're reading a passage like this, 
There is a moment for everything. There's a moment for everything. There is a way to respond to every moment in your life. And you should be preparing yourself. And you should be alert and awake. You should be filling yourself with wisdom. Um, There is a moment to be born, a moment to die. Is this talking about literally being born a moment to die? No, like you're already born, so it's not talking about that. There is a moment to where like you are reborn. Like you're, you're just, you're made different. And there's times where you, where you die. Often, oftentimes they happen at the same time. Like I'm no longer that person. Um, there's a moment to plant. There's a moment to pull up what is planted. There, there's a moment to kill. There's a moment to heal. There's a moment to tear down, a moment to build up. There's a moment to cry and there is a moment to laugh. There is a moment to be sad and there is a moment to dance. There's a moment to scatter stones. There's a moment to gather them. There's a moment to hug and there's a moment not to hug. There's a moment to search, and then there's a moment when you should stop searching. Um, There is a moment that you should keep. There's some moments that you should keep and hold on to forever. We know what those are. They're beautiful. Uh, and And then there's moments that you should throw away, that you shouldn't hold on to, that you should let go. Um, because of bitterness, because of whatever. There is um, a moment to tear and tear down and just deconstruct, to tear down, break apart. And there's a moment to, to mend, to build up. There's a moment to be silent when you should say nothing. There are moments when you should speak. There are moments that you should exercise love. And there's moments to hate. There's moments for war. There's moments for peace. There is, there's different emotions for different times when sometimes you need to confront things. And there's other times where uh, you need not to because to confront would actually be the wrong thing. And so you move towards them. Kairos, moments, being awake and aware, being able to grab them and, and, uh, and keep them in some way. Now, um, all of this is incredibly important to me because it, it's a reminder that there is a moment for, for basically everything. In every moment, there is some way that you should respond or you've missed it. Um, and oftentimes we refer to these things in life, or I do especially, um, I've, come to, I've come to sort of picture these moments as seasons. And so I want to take a moment, I want to talk about seasons. Um, there are, when I talk about seasons, I'm not just talking about, again, time, chronos, I'm talking about kairos. There are times for everything. Uh, there are, at this moment, let me, let me sort of change the subject and then bring it back around to this. Um, there are, at this moment, less than six people left here in this church from when I started. Less than six. Uh, which means a lot of people have left over the years. We have about 650, 650 people, sometimes 700 on the holidays. When everyone comes to church, we hit 800 once. Um, but uh, there's people leave. Um, and there's, there's different reasons for this. There's different reasons that, that, um, that people leave. And, and there's people that come. People that stay for a season and not. And there's different reasons that people leave. There's, um, people leave because of vocation, because of employment. There was one year, I think it was 2012 or 2013, where 12 families who had been here to help plant this thing all moved to different states for employment at one time. They were, we're all this, we were all about the same age, and it was just a moment in life where I guess the economy was doing a little better, and people were getting job offers, and they were just moving out of Tampa all over the country, and uh, New York City and Los Angeles and Chicago and Pennsylvania and New Jersey and, and the Carolinas, just everywhere. Colorado, they, they, just, they just all moved away. And we spent a lot of time just mourning that because a lot of us lost an important core of friends that we had. And maybe you've experienced this. You probably have. Um, your generation is, is very semi-nomadic. They just kind of pick up and move around, and that's fine. Um, but one thing you need to remember 
is that these are, these, these are seasons. And there's other reasons people leave as well. People leave for mission. There was a group of people um, right at the beginning who, who got together and went to St. Petersburg to plant another church that is still going. It's a missional church called, uh, called Missio Dei. And uh, they came out of Watermark. And uh, people have left to start other churches. Um, so sometimes it's mission. Sometimes they just they need to go do something different. Um, and there's other times, of course, like every church in every community, um, there are people who leave because of disagreements, because of theology or, or policy, um, or um, just um, so maybe they had some personal strife with somebody and it couldn't be mended and it was done. And so oftentimes we look back and you kind of say, well, it's, oh, I hate it. I wish everyone would just stay. But, but that's, the, that's the wrong idea because there are seasons. Seasons are healthy. There are times when people are called to a specific place to be there, to serve there, to grow there, that the plan was never for them to stay there forever. Um, The plan was never for them to just stick around um, and be here 10 years from now with us here talking about this. Um, Every one of those people who came through these doors and spent time with us were important. So what do we do? How do you respond to people who are no longer in your life? Well, you, you honor them. You honor that they were here and they poured in to this and to you. You guys are here right now and, and if you are being blessed by this, then you are being blessed by the work of people who are no longer here with us. Some of them, um, some of them moved on. Some of them died. They're just no longer here. But you are here being fed and ministered to by their work that they have done. And so we honor them. People come for a season and they stay for a little while and then they leave and they leave an impact and their blood, sweat and tears are in these walls. They, they served here with us and so we honor them and I think about them all the time and I honor the work that they did. Um, there's a, a guy named Frederick Buchner and, and he, um, he's a theologian, he was a pastor, kind of a philosopher and he wrote um, a book called The Sacred Journey. It's his memoirs about his life and he writes about a lot of people that came and passed through his life Um, He says this, memory is more than a looking back to a time that is no longer. It is a looking out into another kind of time altogether where everything that ever was continues not just to be, but to grow and to change with the life that is in it still. The people we loved, the people who loved us, the people who for good or ill taught us things. We come to understand them in new ways. And so we look back, and, and, and this is why healing is so important, because if you have bitterness in your hearts towards people who are no longer in your life, um, if you can get healed of that, if you can learn to forgive, and you can learn to be graceful and receive grace from Jesus and pass it on to them, um, then you can learn to look back at different ways, at different things. And you can look at them in a different way. Um, in other words, there can still be life in there somehow um, as you honor them. Um, in other words, it's, it's another picture of Kairos of like receiving the moment that is receiving the blessing from it. There's some, you know, there's some people who come and they serve for six, seven, eight years and they, they're just steady and they're serving. And there's other people um, the way a church is, especially today, people, you know, some, there's some people who storm into a church and they're here for three weeks and they make a big ruckus and they're very present and they're there and you're like, oh, those are new people. Um, and then they're gone three weeks later. Right? It happens all the time. Um, and the goal is to learn whatever season you are in, whatever you're going through. And, and one of the important things about seasons is we know that if any season lasts too long, it hinders growth. If winter stays too long, you're not going to have any crops. If the summer stays too long, it's going to burn everything and you're not going to have any kind of harvest. Um, 
It's the same way with seasons. Whatever you are going through in your life, whatever you are doing, um, there comes a time when, you, when you've been at something and with something and with, uh, in some like, relationship or something just, just too long. And it actually becomes unhealthy. And you actually start hurting each other. Um, there is a moment when you, can, when you can say, I think this season is done. And I praise God for everything that it was and the way it got me through these things. But I think it's, I think it's, I think it's ending. I think we're moving on to another thing. And it's okay to admit that. And it's okay to admit that about people in your life. And it's okay to admit that about jobs and careers and ways of looking at things and theologies. And it's, it's okay to say that was a season. It was there for my growth. But if I don't let that season end and a new season begin, I'm not going to keep growing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kill me. It's going to kill my relationship. It's going to kill my spirituality. It's going to, whatever it is, whatever way of living I had before, um, it no longer works. And I need to, I don't hate it. And that's the thing. A lot of times these things meant a lot to you. And so you try to keep them and you keep them and keep them because they were so important to you. And so you just continue to keep them. But why can't we receive what they were and affirm their importance for that specific time and kind of say, that was good. I'm going to mourn it the loss of it and move on and take from it the good, right? We all have things in our life. We're wondering like, I just keep doing this thing and it's not, it's not growing. It's not good for me. It's not good for um, my family. It's not good for the relationship. It's not good for my job, my career, whatever it is. Um, maybe the season has ended. Maybe it's over. There's a, there's, a, there's a good chance that it served its purpose, that it's done. And so change is not bad. Moving on is not bad. Um, receiving, receiving people is wonderful. Um, people moving on to other things is wonderful. We're all part of one global church together. And it's okay. Um, there is uh, the whole point of seasons, again, is growth. They have to change or you don't grow. So I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about growth for a second. Um, the church is about forward movement. That's what the church is. It is about sanctification. It is about you came into it as one person. And the person you will become while you were in, church, in the church is, is not the same person. You will become the next person. Now, um, growth is always about moving forward. There is a, there's, a, there's a place you came from. There's a place you're going. But one thing people don't realize is that not everyone will go from A to Z. A lot of people will just simply go from A to B in one particular place in life. Growth is slow. That's okay. What's the rush? Where are you going? It's okay. Um, some people will go, you know, from... I, I can't think of the alphabet right now. Like E to like, I don't know, L. Um, it's not like you will enter into a, a church community as a baby Christian and leave like a spiritual elder of the, of the tribe, right? It's, that's, not, that's not how it works, there is a journey that you are on, and the journey is incredibly important, and, and your journey is not like everyone else's. Some of you will grow faster than others, and we can't get frustrated with each other um, that maybe you're growing faster than someone else, and what happens is we start to have pride and look down on them, and we start to like, here's what we start to do. We start to like drag them along, right? But here's the thing. I say this all the time, and it's true. You can't take people where they don't want to go. You can't do it. I have people all the time come to me and they ask, how do I get my, uh, my son to see this? 
you, you probably can't. They don't want to see it. When did you see it? Well, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was 42 when I saw that. <sighs> Your son's 12. Like, <laughs> it took you 42 years. There's a path. There's a journey. You can't skip steps. You have to move down the path slowly. You have to grow. You have to change. Um, you can't take people where they don't want to grow. Growth growth is not something, you can't force people into their sanctification. As Timothy Keller says, no one ever realized they were a sinner by being told. That just makes them argue against it. All right? Um, so homogeneity is not the goal. Homogeneity, a, a monochromatic group of people who are all like at the same place. That's not helpful. It's not even beautiful. A diversity of, of people at different places moving in the same direction. That's beautiful. That's important. Um, it's not about homogeneity. It's about health. Where are you at? How can I help you be a healthy person where you are at now? This is the question you needed to ask for the people in your lives, for the people under you, if you're a leader of some kind. Um, this is what Jesus did. Um, Jesus did not demand that, that, that we go up. God never commanded that we go up to God. Even when God once met someone in the desert and put a ladder there, what happens? Down the ladder, not up. He didn't put the ladder there so he can climb up. The idea of scriptures is that God comes down and meets you where you are to help you incarnationally meet you as a human being in the desert in, in, in a specific time in a specific place, gathers you together and says, hey, let's talk about life. Let's talk about God. Let's talk about mission and purpose. Let's look into your life introspectively. And God meets us here and walks us through this. Jesus never grabbed you by the arm and dragged you. He sat and he taught and he listened and he poured out. This is how people grow. They may never be like you. They may never see what you see. The goal is not for them to be like you. The goal is for them to move towards Jesus. And the goal is for them to be healthy. That is the goal. Um, there is a... a a passage in Matthew that we studied not too long ago, Matthew five sixteen, where Jesus says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So it's not even about like, it's not about the things you teach them, it's about how you live. If you're a healthy person, if you consider yourself enlightened, the worst thing you can do is run around trying to enlighten everyone. The best thing you can do is to live it out. Be that person, that loving, godly, Jesus-filled, grace-filled person. And that's what brings people to repentance. Um, and one thing that's very important, um, a lot of people come into a church and they assume that like there's a line you will cross one day and there's all these people who are there, um, including two of them who are mermaids. Three. Um, and uh, there's people there and, and they've made it. And you look at this group of people and you're like, wow, they are. They've figured it out and they are godly people and they understand, understand like the scriptures and how to read them and they're well-educated, and, and my goal is to get to there. And, and one day, and they live holy lives, and they can reject all these sins of the flesh that I struggle with. And one day, I'm over here, but I will. I see them, and that's what I want to be. And so I'm going to one day cross this line, and I'm going to be there, and we're going to be jumping up and down together saying, yay, we're holy, we're holy. Um, that's not the goal. It's actually much different. The goal is to just keep on going. There is no line in the sand which you will cross. It's a journey. And when you stop... When you all stop and say, we made it, now let's get a bunch of people to be like us, you have failed. 
You are no longer following Christ. God, Jesus said, follow me, not like come stand next to me. Keep, like he's moving, we should be following. So you keep on going. You have never arrived. You keep going. I haven't arrived. I'm perpetually in a situation where I'm looking back three years saying, what the heck was I thinking? Why, why did I say that? Why did I think that? What made me look at things this way? That's good. I don't hate that person. I embrace that. I honor that because like, I, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't there. And it's, so it's always a step forward into your sanctification. This is how it works. Um, it's sort of, one of the illustrations I have of this is it's sort of like, it's sort of like a diet. There are, there are things that are repulsive to you that as you grow in Christ will one day become the thing that will feed you. Um, it's sort of like a diet. Like when, when you're eating a lot of junk food, like hyper, like hyper taste, right? It's, it's all really good. And then you eat like a sprig of broccoli. You're like, well, that's gross. I'm going to go back to eating this. As you get healthy, what you find is the things that are actually good for you that you once thought were, that, the, the things that you once thought were disgusting and gross, um, you come to see how nurturing and life-giving that they are. Um, and it actually comes to fill you up. And so you, you become drawn to things that you weren't drawn to before, living in ways that, were vastly, that are vastly different than, than they were before, ways that you never thought you would live, living sacrificially, um, changing the way you move through the world, things that were never of interest to you in any way. Uh, as you get healthy, your, I guess, spiritual taste buds start to wake up to like, no, this is it. Like, this is the thing that makes you healthy. And you begin to change. There's a, um, there's a passage in Ephesians chapter 1. And it goes like this. It's in verse 10. It says, it will, it will all come about when history has been completed. And God will then bring together all things in heaven and on earth under one ruler. The ruler is Christ. So there's this. It's talking about this plan that God has. Um, that all of this is heading somewhere. That there is a, there is a conclusion. That there is a purpose. There's a meaning. And God is going to use all of it. Um, for one purpose or another. And it's a very hard thing to grasp. But there's a word here, um, uh, right here, I underlined it. The, the, the phrase bring together um, is this very particular word. It's anakafeleo. Everyone say anakafeleo. Yeah, close. Um, the word ana is again, the word kafel uh, is the word for head. So there's this idea that there's there's a head and a head has to have a body, right? And so you have all these parts that are out and it's bringing them all together. Under the head, which is Jesus, and then there's a body. It's, it's sort of like a picture of the body of Christ. But it's not just like the good things. Like God's not just going to pull together the good things in your life and say, see, all these good things I give you? He's, it's, it's all things is the word. In the Greek, there literally means all things. Like all things. So you have a lot of things which you don't think would ever be useful for God for any reason at all. And God brings all things together under one head for one purpose. All things in heaven and on earth under one ruler, the ruler is Christ. Um, all the things on heaven, uh, in heaven and on earth, like there's this sort of two-tiered thing, like the divine things and then just the earthly things, the things that are no good and painful. This was in an era of, of Gnosticism and Platonism where physical, tangible things were considered evil and bad. And the goal was to fly away. And Paul is sort of confronting these things, especially in the city of Ephesus, where this was huge. And so God's bringing all these things together. And, and I think back over the, the things that have happened 
in this church to get us to hear. And there's tons, and in my own particular stories, some of them are fascinating and weird, the things that have happened here. And somehow God's using all, let me tell you some stories. Um, there was one Sunday, I think I've told this one before, there was one Sunday where like we didn't have money. We were meeting at the Old Springs Theater, Nebraska, over the river to the right. There's a theater there. Um, it's actually a recording studio. We used to meet in there. Uh, we went from like 30 to about 120 in there before we bought this space. Um, but there was moments where we couldn't afford to pay the rent. And we showed up, we're like, that's okay. Got trust and faith. We're going to have this service this morning. Open the offering box and we're going to pay the rent out of what's in the box. Open the box at the end of the day. There's literally a quarter and a clove cigarette. <laughs> like some hipster walking by looks in there and goes, oh, they're going to need this. <laughs> Unless they were a Pharisee, just tithing of their mint, dill, cumin, and cloves. Um, and you, we look in the box and there's nothing there except for that. And you're like, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pay rent? But we're still here. Um, and when you're expecting a miracle and you're just kind of like, oh, this, there's no miracle here. Now, actually, that, that was the miracle. Like, here we are. You look back like, oh, no, that's, that's part of the journey. The stories aren't like... If your stories are all, I did great, and I did really good, and then I did awesome, and then I did wonderful, that's not an interesting story at all. Um, there was one time I went to a, I went to a, um, a wedding. It's going to be funny if this person is here this morning. I went to a wedding, and the officiant quit before the wedding. I stood up. I'm like, it's okay. I'm a pastor. Called everyone together. Guys, we're going to have a wedding. I wore a suit. We're good. What's your names? Just joking. Um, and, uh, and we had a wedding. The same thing happened at a funeral once. I showed up at a funeral. I didn't know this person. I went to support someone who had lost their mother. No efficient. And they looked at me and said, oh, I was kind of hoping you would say something. I never met the person. And I'm terrified. And I had been a pastor for eight months. I was 28, 27, 28, who knows? Uh, and it's, there's these moments where like you realize, oh, Kairos, here we are. I have to do something. I have to step up. I could run away. I have to step up and do something. It's like this is a chance for me somehow to say yes to whatever this is. Uh, and I'm going to say yes, I'm going to do it. I don't remember what I said. I had 10 minutes to prepare something. Um, I had a Bible in my car. I pulled it out and I went through. I think I spoke from the book of Psalms. Um, I think I, I sort of called attention to all the people who were gathered, all the people who were weeping. And I said, look, like it hurts. Why does it hurt? Because it was so good. And I, I don't remember what it was all about that I said. But I remember that being this moment where like I just changed. Like it was a time to die. A time to be reborn. We're like, it doesn't matter what ability do you have. It's, it's at the moment, can you put aside your fears of yourself? Or what are they going to say? What are they going to think? How equipped am I? And just do the thing. Just say yes. And just do it. And do it with your heart and do it with everything you have. And, and it does something. Pour yourself out. Allow yourself to be vulnerable and be there. Um, and that gave me, I don't know what happened, but it gave me some kind of confidence. And I think from then on, I, I spoke differently. 
Because there's these terrible moments, right, that make you who you are. Again, no one ever decides they need to change when they're swinging in a hammock under a palm tree on a beach. You decide to change when, like, something happens and you were unprepared. And you say, oh, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be prepared, prepared because there's these moments that are coming that I'm going to need to do something. And then you realize, oh, God is bringing all things together, not just the good things. All things together to turn us into who we are. Um, and, and this is for all of us. There are things in your life, difficult, painful things, that they are the reason now that you are in like a new relationship or a new marriage or a new, a new church um, or a church at all. Something happened, and now you find yourself at a church community, and you've never been in to theological things in any way. But here you are, and we're blessed by it. And so it's painful, and it's awful, these things that we go through, but those are the things that fashion us and change us. Um, and so I guess that's what I would tell a room full of people who are just starting out on some kind of ministry thing or something that revolves, involves relationships with people and, and helping people to become better. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I want to tell new parents. That's what I want to tell new pastors. That's what I want to tell doctors and nurses and, and teachers and, and just people making new friends. That's what I want to tell you. Uh, there are moments that are coming by. Don't miss them. Be present. Be there. And to keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep growing. Keep being filled up. Keep pouring out. And you are the future of the church. The church at large in our country is not well. You know that. I know that. We all know that. It's not well. Um, they just haven't arrived they're in one bunch jumping around saying, we made it, here we are. Move right on through. Keep going. Continue to open up, continue to have more faith, more trust in Jesus, more trust in the things that, that Jesus is, is pushing us towards. Um, apply his, his things more in your life. Let it, let it impact more areas of your life than ever could before. Keep opening up, keep growing, keep transcending, keep going. Um... 10 years from now, I plan on still being here. And I plan on speaking, if not from this stage, whatever. If we get bigger, maybe somewhere else. If we get smaller, whatever. Who cares? But I want to be here, and I want to be speaking to at least some of you who are the same people, but I don't want you to be the same people. I want you to be different people. Same names, all that. (laughs) Different people. I want you to grow. I want you to be more Christ-like. There will come a time over the next few years where you will just have to say, like, uh, it's a time to kill. I think that person is no longer, that person's dead. There's a new person. When that happens, let's, let's have a baptism, right? Let's, uh, let's announce it. Let's build an altar in our minds, in our community, and let's move forward. Um, all of this is a picture of what Christ did for us on the cross. All of this going to meet us where we're at and not being happy with where we're at but showing us how to climb out. 
pouring himself out so that we could find salvation and healing and new life. And so let's take some time and let's take communion and let's pray. Let's be thankful for this place, for this space, for these people and for our growth, shall we? Our communion servers, you guys can go ahead and um, I didn't give you a big head start. I apologize. And grab the elements and spread around the room. And uh, we're going to sing one more song about, uh, about the church, shall we? Take some time and, and, uh, and uh, spend some time in prayer. And uh, let's go to God. Father, thank you. Just thank you for this, for all of it. It's been a journey. It's been a life-giving thing. It's been uh, uh, something which has been difficult and exhilarating and frustrating and stressful and beautiful and wonderful all at one time. It's part of our story. It's who we are. Thank you for Watermark Church. Thank you for the part that we play in in the city and the community. Thank you for all those who have passed through these walls for allowing us to in some way impact them, to fill them up, even if it was just a little bit, just to top some people off as as we send them out on their way. Um, Continue to help us to grow and to change. Continue to make us into who you want us to be. Thank you, Father. Be with us now as we enter into communion. It's just common elements. It's just bread. It's just, it's just wine. But in this moment, it's divine. We see you in it. And we are going to find the divine in the common. That's the idea of, of Kairos. Help us to grab hold of these moments and to see Jesus in them, to take part in what Christ is doing. As we come to the communion table, let us be filled Bless us. In your name, amen. Take some time. Talk to Jesus.